Hi, welcome to the Parenting Bridge podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Alden, a licensed professional counselor, parent coach, and family therapist. And I'm here to help you to build a bridge to your best family possible. Stick to the routine as much as possible. If you are going to go somewhere or do something, um, you know, and you, and then it seems like it's going so well. I used to do this a lot, like it'd be going so well. So I'd try the one more thing, right? To do the you know, and then that would be the one that was the disaster. So, so you know, kind of stay with the routine as much as possible. Realize that it's going to be a, a different routine. And then, you know, in preparing your kids, one of the other things that you can do, role-playing with them. Like if they're, you know, some sometimes when we get together with people, it's all the kids can be loud and fun and all of that. But sometimes you, you might want to go to dinner and it's all, you're not going to have that that same option. So prepare them. Like we're going to go to dinner at so-and-so's house and here's my expectations of what you want to happen. So set those parameters that those expectations of how you want it to be. And then what you're going to do if it's not going well, you know, if you're, if you're having a hard time, I wouldn't say if you do that thing that you always do, or you act, you know, you're not acting right or whatever, like don't say it in the negative, just be like, if you're having a hard time, or I think that you need to take a break, then that's what we're going to do. Or if it's not going well, we can leave early just so they kind of know what you're going to do. I do this even with kids before you go into the grocery store. It's like, we're going to go into the store. I have to get these items. I want you to stay by the cart. And um, if it's not going well, then we'll have to leave and we'll go straight home and we won't be able to get a treat on the way home. So, you know, and you can define that however you want based on what you know your kids typically do, whether it's like if you... If you're constantly asking for something, if you're touching everything, then here's here's what I'm going to do about it. So so they know that you have a plan and you've thought it out. One of the other tips is really just to pace yourself, especially during those weeks that you have the holiday. I mean, I think before Christmas, it seems like to me like there was always all these things you want to do and the kids kind of get out of school right when it's almost Christmas. So if you can kind of pace yourself this month and, you know, don't wait just till they're on break maybe, but, you know, go look at lights one another night, you know, or, or, you know, like I said, it's okay to not go to every activity or everything that's available and make sure that the kids are still getting a normal amount of sleep. Don't have too many during Christmas break, you know, I would still have an on and off time. So, you know, have a a wake up time doesn't have to be as early as it is during a school day, but I wouldn't have it be, you know, whenever they wake up either. I would, I would have a routine when they get up and a routine when they go to bed. And you can change those times a little bit on a weekend or a non-school day, but you don't want to change it drastically because um, I think it's really important for the kids to have a good sleep cycle. And then in in your schedule too, like make sure that you have some downtime where you, you know, you're going to have some things scheduled, but then it's okay to have some time where you're just re- relaxing. Um, you're going to watch a Christmas movie together. Um, you're you're gonna just you know have some reading time you know whatever don't don't feel like you have to have every minute planned you know as far as like activity wise I like to have every minute planned honestly myself but some of that plan could be that we're going to relax today and we're going to do you know we're gonna we're we're gonna do these things while we're relaxing so we can say relax to our kids or your guys are just gonna play but most of our kids are not self-starters or come up with great things to do just on their own. 
they come up with things to do sometimes, but not the things that you want. So, so um, you know, if we don't give kids things to do, then they make they make up things we may not want them to do, or they 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 kind of end up taking up more of our time that we could be doing things because they're saying they're bored or they're asking for that interaction. The other thing too is even though it's cold and today's not a good idea for the fresh air thing, but but still you want to try to make sure that they do get some some fresh air each day, um, get get outside. They they do it at school. So if you're at home, it's really easy to get kind of locked in and they're they're just watching, you know, TV or playing or playing video games. Just you I think putting all of that on giving all of those limits can really help. And then also having some time where you go for a walk around the block. It doesn't have to be a lot of time, but it's really good for everybody. Remember that you don't have to try to be perfect. You don't have to be the perfect house on the block or the Christmas mom or the perfect whatever, you know, um, it's not going to be perfect. I was listening to one mom talk about, you know, she just started realizing when she has like four kids that are adopted, she started realizing that she just needed to be the one that's always late because before they would go, they would, they would do some like setting the parameters of what it was going to be like. Um, and then she, some of her kids, well, all of her kids had some really big sensory needs. So she would spend a little bit extra time making sure they got some added sensory before they went in to the activity and making sure she was prepared. And so I think it's really important to keep that in mind. And she just said she's, she used to always be, have to be on time. And now she's realized it's okay to be the ones that are are late and make sure that everybody's a little bit more stable when they get there. Um, and I think, you know, for me as a mom, I think that sometimes it's realizing that, you know, this isn't going to work today. We're just not going to be able to do it. And if you, ca- if you can't get things turned around enough to get to whatever it is you're trying to get to, then is, it might be the thing that isn't going to happen. I mean, and I know that's really, really hard. You know, I've worked with families where families in from out of town and everyone's going to go to the zoo and one kid just really digs their heels in and is has a complete meltdown and 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 the mom had to you know stay home and be with her and and of course she was mad and disappointed you know the the mom was you know and she's like because then like the daughter's like everything is like fine you know and and I said it's okay to be disappointed you know to say like um, I'm really disappointed that we didn't get to go do this activity. And um, so I need you to just um, be in your room for a little while while I take a time out and, you know, and deal with the disappointment. Because that's one of the things about helping our kids to work through emotions is we we can identify those emotions too. We get disappointed. We are lonely or we are afraid or or we're embarrassed. And so we can express that to our kids, but then we also show them how we work through it. It's like, I'm I'm really disappointed right now and I don't want to just talk and play like like this didn't happen. And then her daughter was a little bit older, so it was easier to have that conversation. And then being able to kind of regroup and be able to say, okay, you know, here's what we're going to do today since we didn't get to do this other activity. Um, the other thing that we forget about is um, water actually really helps a lot with um, anxiety in kids. And so I think it's a really good idea to make sure that your kids have a water bottle um, they can sip on. I My daughters call my water bottle um, my emotional support water bottle. <laughs> 
<laughs> and maybe it is. I don't know. But I don't think I have a lot of anxiety. But um, but I do know that, that sipping water, drinking water can be really, really good for kids. And if they're getting a lot of sugar and junk food, um, think about it as kind of just fleshing that out so you don't have to give them more junk food by giving them um, juice or or soda, even, you know, sugar-free stuff or low sugar. Um, sometimes, you know, just water can be really good, especially if they're having a lot of other stuff. Yeah, I think that was, that was all of the tips that I could think about, you know, I and for me, if you, I think this the schedule and just having a plan is the key because um, if you have a plan, then somebody's in charge. And I think that really helps the kids a lot to know that somebody is in charge and that it's not all chaos. And, um, and, and like I said, it doesn't have to be a regiment. It doesn't have to be you entertaining them all day, but it's like, Hey, today in the morning, we're going to do some baking and, um, you know, wrap some presents or, you know, go do this and, you know, and, and just, you know, have a few things that you want them to do and try to keep some semblance of order. And otherwise you're, your two or three weeks that you have for Christmas break, though it'll fly by and you'll feel like you, you know, it was just kind of blah, whatever, you know. So establishing kind of that, that routine and order and, and, you know, having a few expectations for the day can help a lot. I wanted to also say one thing about role playing, because um, I kind of touched on it and then went over it really fast. But I think it's kind of part of setting the expectations of what you, ex- you know, what you're expecting, like, we're going to do this. Um, you know, like I said, I even would do it in a grocery store, but especially if they're going to be meeting, you know, you're going to be meeting people or, you know, interacting with people, you can have them practice. Kids with anxiety can be, have social anxiety too. And even though they might seem really friendly and stuff but sometimes when you have that incessant chatter or that hyperness it's like really just like that's kind of the mode they go into when they're really actually uncomfortable so it's like hey when you you know I think just giving kids a script almost you know like if someone says wow look at you I haven't seen you since last year look how much you've grown it's kind of uncomfortable like what should you what could you say and so you can practice like you know what sometimes the best thing that we can say is thank you oh, thank you, you know, and just teaching our kids that they can just say thank you when someone gives them a compliment or, you know, giving them like, you know, if the, if there's that thing that's like, oh, I don't like it when, you know, Grandpa Joe always does this, you know, and it's like, okay, well, let's practice that. When Grandpa Joe does this, what can we do or say? And um, a lot of our kids with executive functioning, you know, issues, if you start giving them scripts as part of why we use mantras in the program, you give the script they can really calm down and settle because now they know what to say and and how to handle it. And even just, you know, somebody says good morning to you. All you need to say is good morning back. You don't have to be a happy morning person. That's okay, you know, and, and if you are a happy morning person, maybe good morning is all you need to say. <laughs> but just giving them some of that basic exchange of language because we think that they're getting it. And some kids, if they're around adults and they're... Um, you know, you you have kind of those, you know, interactions, then it can really be great because they see that. And they, you know, I have, I work with kids that, you know, will ask questions or talk like little adults because they're seeing that model. But it's okay to also give them that instead of telling them in the moment, like I had a kid the other day that was asking me 
questions that were making his mom embarrassed, right? You know, like, how old are you kind of stuff. And what he was, this was actually a comp. I told his mom, so this is actually a compliment to me because he found out I had grandchildren. And he said, you don't look old enough to have grandchildren, which is not a rude thing to say. And then he said, how, how old are you? <laughs> and that's when his mom was like, that's, you're not supposed to ask that. And so instead of having to deal with it in the moment, it's like, what would you want him to say, right? Like he's, he's not being, he's not trying to be rude. So what do we want them to say? What, how do we want them to address somebody or, or ask a question or, you know, those kind of things. So do some role playing with that in your, in your families and, and work on that and um, see if that doesn't kind of help, you know, um, a little bit with the anxiety that is all I have. We'll talk to you guys later and have a Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to the Parenting Bridge podcast. For more about parenting and how to get started building a bridge to better behaviors, go to the show notes and click on the link to Healthy Foundations. If you would like to leave a comment or have questions for Dr. Michelle, there's a link in the show notes to do so. Thank you.